thoughts and opinions of this podcast are not the expressed views of East Carolina University or the ECU Division of Student Affairs. Welcome back to Season 2 of Professional Culture, the podcast. My name is Jay Harris. My name is Chris Cooper. And we are excited, excited to be back. 2019, we bite. Hey, <laughs> it's time to get it in, man. We have a great lineup of topics for you in this season. Yeah. We'll be coming back with you about six more episodes and then a few bonus episodes towards the end of, yeah. uh, of our run here. But we thank you all. Thank everyone that supported us through season one. Um, if you have not listened to episodes um, from season one, we encourage you to find those. Yes, and listen to them. Yes, listen to them. Give us our feedback. You can find all of our podcast episodes anywhere the podcasts are being uh, listened to. Um, and through our um, partnership with Anchor, we now just found out this morning that Anchor has teamed up with Spotify. So you can find us there now oh, as well. Oh, that's perfect. So, you know, now it's Apple, it's Google, Spotify. We everywhere. Hey, we, we worldwide, baby. Come get this culture. <laughs> uh, but today, Mr. Cooper would like to talk a little bit about the Jesse Smollett situation a couple, couple days ago and just where we're headed with that and right. what all that means for the culture and what it means for society. So cool. So I'm pretty sure you guys know already what happened last week. Uh, Empire star Jesse Smollett. Uh, brothers of Journey, Journey Bell, Journey Smollett, and the whole team of family was harassed. Tuesday morning, 2 o'clock, Chicago. Mind you, it's extremely cold in Chicago during this time of year. Um, so why people were outside harassing folks, I don't know. But you guys heard a report, um, read that he was assaulted by two white gentlemen, I won't call them gentlemen, but two white men who were MAGA supporters, Make America Great Again, um, who assaulted him, brutally attacked him, tied a noose around his neck, and poured a unknown chemical on him. Some reporters say it was Clorox. Some say they don't know. But that is the story that developed on last Tuesday morning. And then about 8, 9 o'clock that morning, social media was booming with just the stories as to what happened. And folks were in, like, almost disarray. Like, Justice Smollett, out of all people in the United States. <laughs> Justice Smollett. Um, who is known to be out. He's also black. So that's like an attack on top of an attack because he's a black homosexual man. And so social media was booming. You had all celebrities and supporters just to simulate. You had the social media outlets, Shade Room. You had Boss, Bossip. Um, all those known outlets reporting on what happened and um, being in support of Justice Smollett. And the question is, what in the world? Right. In 2019. Why, in, in 2019, we know... We know across the board that hate crimes has increased over the last two years. I'm not attributing this to Trump being in the office, but um, if you can see my face and you can see my hands, I'm doing the Nancy Pelosi clap from the, uh, the uh, State of the Union address last night. They have increased over the last two years, specifically toward the African-American community and then uh, indigenous people, then all the minority communities. Um, they have increased. And the question is why? Yeah. The question is why? Yeah, that's the million dollar question. <laughs> that's everybody's trying to figure out why. And it I think it has a lot to do with our political climate. Uh, my political climate has perpetuated these type of crimes and I've suggested that these are okay. And 
because they have happened um, more regularly over the last few years, it's almost like they've been normalized. Like, I was talking to somebody about, you know, what happened to Justice Smollett and talking about how, you know, these things have kind of become normalized and people have become desensitized to these occurrences because they happen more frequently. And somebody was like, yeah, you're right. I saw it online and I scrolled past it and I was like, hey, well, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you, you know, what do you expect? Um, and it, it almost was a realization point for them to say, oh, wow, I am like desensitized to what's been going on in this country. And it's just crazy, crazy to me that these things are still happening. This has happened at the end of January, the beginning of Black History Month. And it's like, okay, some folks are saying that Jesse was lying. They're saying, like, uh, de detectives are wanting video records or his phone records, you know. And I don't think this would, I don't think they would be uh, requesting or expecting that much if he wasn't a black man. If he was just somebody in the LGBT community, I don't know if he would have got all this doubt or shade thrown his way because of his story. Yeah. I just don't think that would have happened. Yeah. Um, and because you're black, that's already a fight in America. You're a black, successful person that's on TV, so you're already going to have people who are not like you hating on you because they feel like you shouldn't be in that position. To be black and to be homosexual in America, it's not, it's not accepted. It's not tolerated. <laughs> Um, and to be black and homosexual in this political climate, it's like, what in the world? Yeah. It takes me back to season one. We talked about racial trauma. Yes. And what that looks like. And that idea that we take two or three steps forward and then get knocked back ten. Right. When I saw the Jesse Storm story, I think much like in most things that I do these days, I try to let the dust settle before I really dive into what's happened, what is this about? Because I have to prepare myself. I can't I can't move off emotion anymore when it comes to situations like this right. because it does not work well for me. Right. But when the first thing that came to my mind was, you know, this is that intersectionality yes. that we always talk about. It's um, prevalent, heavily prevalent. What if it wasn't Jesse Smollett? What if it's one of our students on campus? Right. A loved one, family member right. who has no name, no notoriety. And I think that's the part that frightens me the most. Mm -hmm. That the story's gotten as much attention because it was a celebrity. Right. I'd be willing to bet my paycheck that the two gentlemen that attacked me didn't know who he was. Probably didn't. I don't know, Jay, because I don't know if they were, like, planning this. How do you know his routine? How do you know where right. he would be? Why are you walking around a noose? Why are you walking around with an unknown chemical substance? Like... And you spit out, make America great, just to make make America great again, country. Yeah. Like I don't know. I feel like, to me, when I when I read this, I'm like, they probably planned this. Awesome. But I don't know. Take away the homosexual piece mm -hmm. of me. A black man, you walk around with a noose. You already know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Yeah. In 2019, you walking around with a noose. You attack a black man and tie a noose around his neck. Like, do you know? Like, and there, and this is how far our country is behind. Like, there is no law against lynching. Like, there is no, like, there might be, like, statutes or anything, but there's no law, like, major law against lynching. Obviously, it's a crime. Right. 
So, I mean, but there's no, like, no lynching law. Unless you know something different. No, I mean, I'm learning. And so, it's like, it's almost to suggest that that's okay to do. It's just like shooting somebody. I can lynch it. It's so crazy. That just speaks to how racism still exists in our country. Mm -hmm. And then you add on that, him being a homosexual male, it's like racially charged homophobic attack. Those two men are like losers. They're like scum of earth. They're like roaches. They're like shrimp. And I don't know how, like like you, when I read this, I had to like read it again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what? Did this really happen? And to a degree, I was almost doubtful in the beginning too because it almost was like just his mother out of all people. So for like one second, I was doubtful. But then I'm just like, well, could happen to could happen, so. Yeah. And I think, you know, in the political climate that we're in, we talk about the MAGA hat and what it represents. And I've heard it said, so I to agree with it in a lot of ways, that the hat itself is becoming the 2019 KKK hood. Yes. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, <clears throat> when you think about Kanye West's um, outburst, mm -hmm. Um, not too long ago, and his support of 45, mm -hmm. you can have your politics. Definitely have some really strong feelings about anyone who supports um, bigotry, mm -hmm. hate, yeah. and, you know, these things as they are. But I think it was the symbolism of Kanye wearing the hat that most outraged most individuals in our community. Yeah. Again, going back to what this hat now Rep has represented, in the level of credence, the level of pride yeah. that these individuals are wearing these hats with yeah. while engaging in hate crimes. Yeah. You know? It's almost like the hat has given them power to do these yeah. things. I'm like, what? Um, and I think that's the part that, in all of this, I think people really are waking up to not that we haven't known it and not that we haven't, um, you know, found, tried to find ways to address it, but the simple fact that this happens and it happens and it happens, people are starting to draw the connections. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like, all right. Dave Spells says it best. People are saying, oh my God, racism's back. No, racism never really left. Yeah. But now racism has a platform. Yeah. And that's the part that because like, the platform is given to the most powerful position in the free world. Yeah. It's like hate on the throne almost. Yeah. Yeah. People, I won't say worshiping, but like in complete support of everything that the person that fills the seat in the United States, mm -hmm. the highest seat in the United States is representing. Yeah. And it's completely baffling. I'm just like, but it's crazy to think that we could be near people who feel like this guy feels. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And then for Liam... Liam Neeson? To say that he has fantasized about killing black people? I think the... I think what I read correctly was... I don't know the context. A, a loved one of his... Okay. ...was raped by a black man. Okay. And in his rage, went walking and looking for a random black person to kill in revenge. So George Zimmerman. He could have been... This, that's how I say it now. Yeah. I'm just like, what? Yeah. I saw a post today, actually, and it said, had Liam Neeson's loved one been attacked by a German Shepherd, and he went walking around the neighborhood, 
killing random dogs, the world be outraged. Yeah, they're not gonna stop playing his movies. He's gonna keep getting cast in movies. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of his church. <laughs> but speaking of being tired, where do we find our self care and our strength to carry on every day? In this scary world that we're living in. How do you how do you walk every day not living in fear? How do I walk every day not living in fear? Knowing that this very thing could happen to someone that looks like me, somebody who is me, somebody who is related to me. I'm not naive. So I'm gonna say sometimes I am fearful mm-hmm. but I have too much to live for to let that fear overrule and drive my person. Absolutely. Um, I got people to live for. I gotta be strong for <laughs> my black brothers and my black nephews. Yeah. Like I gotta let them see their brother, their uncle, not letting the state of this world get to me. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think too, it goes back for me to where I put my faith and trust. Yeah. Time and time again, people have let me down. Yeah. I've lost faith in humanity at times. But God always finds a way to show up. Yeah. Not just show up, but to provide. Yeah. And to provide abundantly. Yeah. Um, and will straight up just flex. Like, yeah. I am God. I am God. <laughs> you go hear me, you going to see me, you going to know that Absolutely. this is me. And I think for me, that's what keeps me going. That's good. Because we've had our moments. We've had things happen right here on this campus. Yeah. And undergrad, there were nooses found every other week. Yeah. For a little bit of a stretch. Built. Built. There was a noose home hanging on the professor's door, I think, at one point. Mm-hmm. Countless times you've seen messages, racist messages written in the bathroom stalls yeah. and bathrooms. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And this is not stuff that we're talking about in the 70s or the 60s. This is 2005, 2006. Right. And it's the world that we're living in. But I think at the same time, going back to scripture, being in the world but not of the world, really helps me to get through day to day um, and not think and be so caught up in the negative of what's happening in this world. Yeah. But knowing that I have an opportunity to provide some light. You know, it takes a little bit of light to dark, light up a dark room. That's all right. That's all it takes. You need to be that light. And I can honestly say that in the midst of trial, discourse, or otherwise on this campus, ECU takes care of each other pretty well. And I will say that. Pirates take care of pirates. And we can obviously point to situations and incidents where that might not always felt like the case. Yeah. <laughs> but the good outweighs the bad. Exactly. The good outweighs the bad, definitely. Absolutely. And I think that whenever there is an incident that happens on this campus, um, our response time and our reactiveness to those situations mm-hmm. have, has increased and gotten a lot better yep. over the years. And Cooper Conversations has been huge for that. Yeah, I agree. I, yes, that was definitely a needed factor that yes. came to campus. I, when it came to campus. I'm trying to remember the first Cooper Conversation. 
was the first cupola conversation right after the, um, the election? I think so. I think that was the very first one. When folks just needed to talk. Yes. Especially on campus and um, student affairs, providing an avenue for student professionals, people in the community to come mm-hmm. and talk about it. Absolutely. So, I think that's, that's some amazing topics. And yeah. I think um, the topic that we're talking about today will be featured um, in tomorrow's Cooper Conversation. Uh, February 7th. Yes. What happened to Jesse can happen to anybody, mm-hmm. any student walking on campus. Um, it, could be happen, it could happen by a student. Right. I hate to say that, but um, or just anybody in the community. This is a public campus. Mm-hmm. Um, they know when students are walking. They know that students are out late. Anything like this can happen to our students. And I know that because um, hate crimes and, and the things like this has almost been popularized by um, yeah. our political climate that folks feel okay to do it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's great that our campus is uh, being proactive and reactive. Um, to give students a perspective about these types of situations. Uh, and I think, too, going back to the in- intersectionality piece, um, less than a month ago, we just celebrated the largest, um, the opening of the largest yes. um, LGBT center in our state. Right. Um, and so understanding that the LGBT community means a lot yeah. to, our, to yeah. our campus community because yeah. they are a part of our community. Right. It's not going anywhere. It's right. not... Dying down, it's not going to be leveled off. Mm-hmm. If anything, that office, and because of the leadership of that office, it's just going to get more notoriety across this campus. Absolutely. So. This is slightly off topic. Okay. But I was watching Trigger One, and maybe we'll touch that on another episode another day. <laughs> there was a quote in Trigger One that said, Everyone will feel safer once marginalized people feel safer. Oh. Yo, will I tell you about shouting? Oh, wow. Everyone will feel safer once marginalized people feel safer. That's true. Yes. We talk about this in so many different arenas. In collegiate recovery, we're having a conversation now. When you look after the least of individuals, you take care of the entire community. Yes, yes. When we find ways to empower the marginalized, yeah, in this nation, on this campus, wherever. We're all stronger. We're all yeah. safer. It's like marginalized people are like the forgotten people. Mm-hmm. My pastor always says, God never forgets those who remember the forgotten. So. Absolutely. Where do we go from here, Jay? I think we Where do we go from here, Jay? I just realized that's two different questions if you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think we start by being honest with one another. Yeah. Supporting one another. Yeah. Loving one another. Um, you know, MLK says, light cannot drive out, um, darkness cannot drive yeah. out darkness, only light can do that. Yeah. Just as hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that, yeah. right? Um, and we have to start there. Yes. Start with light and love. And picking each other up. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. good. And not be so quick to doubt. Right. 
think doubt has opened doors for people to just do a lot more because mm-hmm. they know <laughs> they can get by with it. So, And that goes even back to our last episode when we talked about the whole R. Kelly thing yes. and how we doubted for so long yes. about what was actually happening until right. it was thrown in people's faces. Yeah. As if we didn't already know it anyway, but... They got renewed for like seven more quote-unquote seasons. That was just a tangent, by the way, but... <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. You know, I'll just say that love is love. what we want from here. Yeah. So, where can we find you on social media, Jay? You can find me on Instagram, Counseling Live, Twitter, Mr. Counselor 252 Facebook, Jermichael Harris. You can find me on Instagram at CooperT07. On Twitter, you can find me at Cooperman, like Superman, but not really. And you can find me on Facebook at Christopher Lamont Cooper, my whole government name. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Prof Culture Podcast. This has been another great episode of the Professional Culture Podcast. Uh, we're back. All right, peace, love, and light, y'all. Have a good one.